So uh, welcome everyone. This is episode number five of the uh, Manufacturing Hub podcast with Vlad and Dave. So today we wanted to step back from some of the conversations we had from with Sean last week and kind of take it back to ourselves and discuss how we landed where we are today, some of the challenges, discuss how we um, entered, I guess, the manufacturing industry, which we've covered a little bit in the past episode, but go into a bit more detail as far as our businesses or our ventures are uh, at their core, and maybe also get some advice from each other, understand it a little bit more, and kind of see where things are panning out to go in the next couple of years and what plans we both have in that uh, regard. What are your thoughts, Dave? Is that uh, pretty much what we're talking about? No, no, completely agreed, completely agreed. Um, as I told Vlad when I pitched this idea, one of the things I always appreciate is people talking about their businesses and when they have a podcast, being able to go listen to how those changes, you know, what their projections were and what actually happened in relation to the projections. So for everyone who isn't aware, both Vlad and I own our own business. Um, and as we, we go through this, it certainly can feel lonely out there, right? And it feels like in the industrial automation community, you know, there aren't a lot of people talking about it. It seems like there are a lot of fairly decent sized companies. It seems like there are a lot of VC based startup companies. And then you've got a bunch of like systems integrators that, that are kind of uh, kind of in the middle of that. Yep. And what I haven't found kind of throughout any of my journey is people talking about that and documenting it in a way that other people going through this journey find uh, find useful. And so uh, my concept is I'd like to, to, you know, crack it open, talk a little bit more about what we're doing and, you know, where we see the future going for us. So you guys can one, ask questions and anyone that is crazy enough to listen to these in a few years with the assumption that Vlad and I are still doing this and, and talking about what we're doing uh, can hopefully be here as we document this journey. Yeah, and I think it's also an important, um, you know, learning slash growing process because I think my, at least I'll, I'll speak for myself, but I'm definitely not where I would like to be in the future, right? So I'm always looking to learn, to grow, to kind of bounce around some different ideas, see how other people are doing it. And ultimately, that's why there's like a chat platform where you can um, give us some advice or maybe give us some insights on how you would do things. And it, I think it's important, as Dave mentioned, that there's really nobody talking about this right now. And there's a lot of people asking the same questions I feel around, um, you know, getting a manufacturing business off the ground, whether it is systems integration, just, uh, you know, lone wolf PLC programmer or uh, what have you. So I think it's, it's going to be also good for ourselves to kind of discuss these ideas and learn from each other as well as the community in general. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll even admit myself that I've been trying to find myself a mentor that has launched a similar business. And I do have people in, you know, different companies in place that have been extremely helpful, but they're not necessarily where I would like to go. So it's been a challenge to kind of figure this out um, on my own, for sure, obviously with good advice, but um, not necessarily fully aligned with uh, what I'm trying to do. But uh, Dave, no, do you want not. to... Sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was actually going to. So one thing that I wanted to uh, to bring up during this is, is mentorship, right? Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people in the community, Vlad. I know you know a lot of people in the community. One of the things that helped me over the last, you know, year and a half, almost two years now is having a mentor that in some way, shape or form is within the community, but doesn't necessarily know me personally. And so there is an organization called SCORE. Uh, their website is score.org. And I went through the process. I found a mentor uh, through like their, their online process, had a couple of conversations with them. Um, and, and Stephen has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, we meet uh, the, the it's all a volunteer network and almost exclusively people who have like made it to the point in business in which they would like to give back. And so it, it's completely free. They give of their time freely and they go through like some training in order to make sure that they can appropriately mentor someone. Uh, there are a lot of people on a variety of different verticals. Since the pandemic has hit, um, the, the numbers have gone up significantly. I think they did, are up like 85%. Um, and so I, I would completely suggest going through finding someone in your local area. We do Zoom calls. Um, and for me, it's nice to have someone that doesn't necessarily know me, 
listen to me talk about what I'm doing and what I want to do. And then they can just tell me if I'm crazy, right? Like you, you can talk to your friends, you can talk to your spouse, you can talk to, you know, other people in the industry, but most of the time they're not going to look at you and be like, that's a stupid idea. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's nice to have someone who is, is as impartial as can possibly be, but still wants you to succeed. So I, I would, I have in the past on LinkedIn and other places suggested that and would wholeheartedly suggest you guys go take a look at score.org. Even if you don't want a mentor, they've got a bunch of absolutely phenomenal webinars and other uh, pieces of information. If you're going to start a business, uh, I, I wish I found it earlier than I did. Yeah, I, I guess I just uh, opened the site in one of these site tabs, and I guess I'll have to explore it a little bit more. But that does seem like an interesting, uh, interesting concept. And I guess um, I'll have to do a little bit more research on how to find a mentor through it. But I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I, I really appreciate the, the reference. Um, no, but Dave, no, I was going to say, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say uh, completely. And if you've got more questions, I'm happy to, uh, to chat offline about those. Sounds good. Um, I was going to say, I guess, to get us maybe started off, um, I think maybe we can re-summarize what exactly, you know, we're doing. I know that we've talked about it a little bit more in a, in a previous lecture, but just to give a, a kind of a summary of what, uh, what the ventures are and kind of maybe explain what the next steps or goals would be. So that uh, kind of clues people in that are watching this without context. Sure, sure, completely. Why don't I start with what I'm currently doing and then I have something to talk about that is like in the process of being launched after we talk about uh, after we talk about what you're doing, Vlad. So yep. anyone okay. who's currently listening that wants to hear what we're doing has to uh, has to stick around. Uh, but currently um, and for the last 18, 19, 20 months, um, I've been running a, a company called Kaplan Solutions. Um, and then I've been blogging about, you know, my journey, uh, digital transformation, industry 4.0, kind of everything along those on my website, dave-griffith.com. Um, the breaking of those, what was very intentionally um, in the past, I, I've written, you know, hundreds of articles and done hundreds of videos. And I wanted a place that is, as I call it, like one source of truth for Dave. So if you guys want to look at anything that I've done, uh, manufacturing hub, everything else that is that is the place to look uh, for me and as I describe on that site and as I've distilled more even since you know our first or second episode uh, my goal is to help manufacturing companies go through transformational processes that pay for themselves now that was not necessarily the goal that I had set out or written down when I started Kaplan uh, when I started Kaplan I thought it would be more of a marketing, scalable business development uh, solutions. But I've found that as I continue to get into it, what I really love is to, to get further and further into the project. So uh, what I do is I help manufacture, as, as I mentioned, you know, my goal is to help manufacturers go through processes. And then my passion is finding, you know, that return on investment and finding ways to show that they pay for themselves. Because as we're going through a digital transformation or a transformational process, just in general, if it is a cost factor as opposed to a, uh, a revenue generator, at some point you're going to stop. So finding the right organizations and taking them through this path. And, uh, and that is a variety of ways. Um, I, I do a bunch of what people would consider, you know, consulting, going in, helping to start projects and then beyond going in, starting to help projects. Um, I do a lot of, uh, or I do some amount of what would be considered like IT, OT convergence, um, IIT, kind of like all of those buzzwords uh, with the goal of either myself or partners going and deriving value in the programs that we're, we deliver and the solutions that we deliver so that we can continue down this path of, of transformation, of organizational change. And you do, I guess, I've seen uh, a lot of posts on your site that dive very deep into some of those topics as well. I think you break down digital transformation in general. You talk about different manufacturing metrics. You've got videos with uh, with Jim that I one of which that I watched yep. today. But there's a whole series of, you know, some of the impact you make uh, as far as like I guess like data collection and then mm -hmm. application that to uh, to the industry goes. And I think there's, I guess, a lot more to this. And I don't want to 
uh, I guess, jump into the next steps, but you're doing some like recruiting also that we kind of discussed a little bit. You're, you're diving into, I guess, into many areas, but everything is still encompassed in the manufacturing space, if I understand that correctly. Yes, yes, completely. So m- my goal is to help those manufacturing and those industrial companies. And, and at Vlad, as you mentioned, you know, I have a variety of partners that I work with. Um, uh, and it's a combination of doing work. And some of it, of course, is helping them get marketing and get their message out and kind of products and solutions. Um, every year I have a product or maybe a couple of products that I kind of do some work to help continue them down the path into the next phase. Uh, you know, both Vlad and I are are very young in relation to the manufacturing industry. We've got we've got a lot of time to go, and so the world class solutions that we're deriving, the best in world solutions that we're implementing today in 2021, is are going to be three solutions ago by the time that we're done. So I do my best to have conversations with, with startups, uh, with like niche service providers, and help kind of continue along their journey. Um, and that is kind of double-sided. One, I want to help them uh, provide solutions. And two, like, I want to know what's coming next. And, and I feel that some of my value is certainly understanding what the market looks like and helping direct people towards what is next. Awesome. Um, yeah, that makes and sense. then kind of just to jump into those technical solutions, Vlad, I, I have in the past done a lot of technical solutions. I will in continue to drive and develop a bunch of technical solutions. I'm um, in the last probably four or five months, I have specifically started like laying out more case studies um, in relation to like MES and OEE and things to do and things that I've seen that have done, you know, poorly because uh, yeah. And, and the goal is of course, to be able to deliver some of that value and let people understand what the market looks like, what has worked, what has not worked with of course the overall intention of having conversations and seeing how seeing how i can help them or if i can help them yeah makes sense no perfect um and then like i i i certainly have more to talk about but i want to kind of dive a little bit into what you're doing and kind of what if i if memory serves led the first time we connected I had created a video talking about breaking into industrial automation and a bunch of good resources. And almost immediately, one of the first comments is you missed Vlad and Solus PLC. And so I went on the site or I went on the Udemy site and I'm like, wow, this guy has created an absolute, you know, amazing collection of training videos. And can we, can we talk a little bit about like your path to the creation of Solus PLC? Sure. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll take uh, a very big step backwards and kind of you know explain where it stemmed from so that people get a little bit more context as to how it came to be. So when I was um, when I was working on my bachelor's of uh, of engineering, I actually stumbled upon several embedded systems. So like the Arduino, the Raspberry Pi, you know the the usual uh, kind of entry level systems. And I had started a YouTube channel at that time where I would explain some of the technical concepts. And that was kind of the first um, the first step that I had taken into like video and content creation. I had, you know, a very small blog on, uh, I remember at first it was HubSpot and then I uh, figured out how to migrate it into WordPress. And um, it was, you know, very small. I explained some interesting electrical concept and it started to grow fairly large and it got to like 30K, I think now by like 40K subscribers. I haven't necessarily focused that much on it because I ended up uh, joining a company and kind of getting into PLCs and that took a, a lot of my time. But what I think that really gave me an advantage in is that I understood content creation and I had experienced it for firsthand, so to speak. And fast forward to, uh, so this is around 2014, where I, you know, I landed my first job, got into the manufacturing space, really learned how to program uh, PLCs and HMIs through a very large employer at the time. And I had very good mentorship. I had really great bosses that kind of sent me to some of the Rockwell training and uh, allowed me to 
essentially learn those systems, which I didn't in uh, my bachelor's degree at all. Like, and I guess in hindsight, I would have probably picked manufacturing just because of how big the industry is and how many opportunities there are, but I just didn't know any better. Right. And so as kind of those years went by, let's say 2017, you know, I had my normal job as a systems integrator, as a contractor, I worked for, again, very large uh, US-based companies. I would go to different plants and integrate the systems. But what I noticed is that there was very little content. I guess Paul Lin at that time had his class on Udemy, but there was nothing, I guess, with a bit more examples that kind of showcased some of the videos. And so I thought like, well, why don't I film a few videos and put them up on YouTube and see how they do, right? And that's kind of the beginning of Solus PLC. I kind of thought of, of a name. I was able to create a website really easily. And so I put up a few videos, put them on YouTube and uh, didn't think honestly much more of it. Um, but like I said, I did have the advantage of knowing how to build those quote unquote like online assets as I got started. So put up a few videos they got really um, positive feedback. So people watched them. And of course, at the beginning, you don't get any views whatsoever on YouTube, but you know, out of the 20 people or so, they said like, oh, this is really great. This is something different than, um, you know, maybe an OEM putting out again, like a 20 page slide deck on how to configure a drive. And then they just read through the slide deck. I actually showcased how to configure this or program that. And um, what I learned afterwards through some ads on YouTube is that Udemy was a, a thing at that time. So I made a very basic mm -hmm. course on RS Logics 500, put it up on YouTube uh, and put it up on Udemy. And once again, I got really positive uh, feedback at the time. So this was, I think at this point, 2018, maybe mid 2019. So not that many years ago. And uh, from that point on, you know, I just uh, I continue to kind of share my expertise primarily on YouTube. And then I slowly migrated away from Udemy because of the limitations that that site specifically has. And so Solus PLC has become, I guess, a little bit more recognized in the industry. It provides classes right now on PLCs, HMIs, drives, uh, point IO. I wouldn't say that it's anything like there's no necessarily groundbreaking technology. I think that anyone can learn those systems on their own. What we do provide is like a condensed format where if you want to get up to speed from someone that has been in the industry and learn those systems, then it's the, the place to go. And I think certainly that, uh, you know, looking back at the way I learned, let's say, Alan Bradley systems, because that was the, the primary platform, at least for me at every company that I've been to, um, you know, those classes were extremely expensive. And I just remember, you know, wanting to learn more, but my employers wouldn't necessarily be willing to uh, to subsidize any of that training, right? And I, I went to like Rockwell, I think it was like RS Logics 5000 Basics 1 and 2. And both of those classes were four days together. And the cost was five to six grand for the mm -hmm. enterprise. And that was like a reduced cost, right? And so I recognized that there is a need to um, which is, I think, like a little bit unfortunate that the industry doesn't really provide ways to train people, which is actually changing with you know inductive automation, like how they present their ignition platform. And I think Tatsoft has put out something similar, but it's incredibly difficult, I find, to learn these like PLC and HMI systems unless you have you know, access to the materials, the software, and then of course, someone who actually explains it. And there's still, I feel very little of it in the field. And I'm actually personally, I guess, a little bit on the side frustrated by the lack of like FANUC and like robotic design experience. I, I personally want to learn a little bit more how to uh, program robotics. And I know that there are classes currently in the US, but it's, uh, you know, with the pandemic and all, it's been very difficult to get a seat out in person and for whatever reason these companies do not present online for um you know you tell me dave what's the what's the thought behind that everything is a uh, in person and you have to go there and uh, learn but i guess to to wrap this up uh, on the same note as i'm working on solus plc i'm also pursuing my mba so i'm in the process of finalizing uh, I guess my master's degree in uh, business and finance. And the reason for that is because I really wanted to understand not only the technical aspects, but also the business aspects of, uh, you know, what I was doing, because I think there's a ceiling as an engineer that you hit at some point where you need to start to be able to bring in those projects in. you need to be able to understand the financials behind certain decisions. And, you know, they've 
definitely knows this area a lot more than I do, but you need to be able to submit quotes, proposals, you need to be able to execute on them. You need to make sure that it's cost effective, not only for the business that you're selling to, but for yourself as well. And I, I just felt that I was lacking uh, some of those aspects. So I'm actually graduating in uh, a little bit less than two months. And at that point in time, in addition to Solus PLC, I'll also be doing some systems integration services on my own, as we discussed with Dave. And the goal is to combine some of my previous knowledge to obviously do the technical services and then do some consulting services on the grand scheme of things in uh, manufacturing. So that probably sums it up pretty well. It looks like my LinkedIn comments are not updating anymore. I need to refresh the page. It's really strange. Yeah, my, mine, mine paused as well. But uh, while you're doing that and checking that, Vlad, mm -hmm. I, I will agree. Uh, so I actually have taken and completed and taken and started two Poland classes. And back when I looked in, man, like 20, 2016, 2017, something like that, there wasn't mm -hmm. a ton. And for me, the ability to find all of that um, in an easy way it is fantastic. And as you mentioned, you know, what you're doing with Solus PLC, what Paul is doing um, with, I think he calls it the PLC Dojo now, um, yep. it, it is really good. Uh, Sean Tierney at the Automation Blog is doing, is putting together a bunch of courses. The, the fact that the courses are coming online, hopefully will push more, will, will push more, you know, larger manufacturers to put, put them online. I, I will say, that I think that there's a difference between taking a course like that and taking a course from someone. I think I saw Frank in the comments. I know Frank do, does a lot of like yeah. in-person training. When you do that training, it's not like you're sitting in a class or watching a webinar because you can go and ask questions and you can talk about specific ap applications. I think that that's important. Um, and then I, I will hope and kind of reiterate that we'll see more robotics training online, like the FANUC training. I don't know if you've ever looked at like the pieces that you have to take from FANUC to get to the actual robotics programming, there are like four or five courses that you have to take before you can actually take the course that you want to take on robotics programming. So, um, but that, that may have changed in the last couple of years since, uh, since I looked. And I think that all of those are beneficial. I think we'll certainly see more of it pushed um, in the pandemic, but, but I'm seeing a smile on your side. Uh, I saw Frank comment on there, but uh, I guess my point, I think like to your point also, I think that in-person classes definitely have their place. And I think especially with the fact that, you know, manufacturing is a severely hardware, um, I guess, focused environment, right? You need to be able to learn some of the concepts that are very difficult, I find, to teach online. And I think in the perfect world, you would have access to like a physical lab where you could go and actually practice some of those concepts and be able to learn not only like PLC programming, as I would call it, but be able to build your kit, get the electrical knowledge that is required, right? As a, as an engineer or technician or PLC programmer or whatever with an actual hardware kit. But I think, um, I guess like my approach to that is that the savings that are passed on with the online format for the class, usually people can buy a PLC, right? So like a Micrologix 1100 series, for example, uh, would go on eBay for around $150 or so. And mm -hmm. so you could buy that, get the free version of uh, RSLogix 500, and then be able to practice most, most of those concepts in your uh, in your house right so in in a sense you're saving a lot of money so you can afford some of the hardware that you um, otherwise wouldn't be able to get with a pure online experience completely agree completely agree um and let's talk more about kind of what we see that the future looking like i know uh you talked about doing some consultation uh, and some system integration work coming up when you finish your uh your mba and I've got some other uh, projects and, uh, and companies coming up as well. Uh, so, so for me, when I think about goals, and, and for me, I like to write goals down. I have a notebook. I have lots of notebooks. I like paper. I like paper and fountain pens. Uh, perfectly fits well in the, uh, the manufacturing industry. But no, so I like to write my stuff down. And so for me, you know, this year, I, I had a couple of goals. You know, I wanted to kind of diversify what I had been doing. And part of the diversification was finding, you know, more people who, who felt the, the same way that I did. And 
you know, as opposed to just having one or two clients and all of your money coming and all of your time coming from one or two clients. And if you're a consultant, you know, you're going to roll through 40 to 60%. You're going to turn over, uh, you know, generally 40 to 60% of your clients every year. And so for me, the, the, that variance was a little too high. And so I wanted to focus on some more projects and some more diversification of uh, kind of income streams, if you will, so that, you know, I always have a couple of different areas. And for me, and I'm sure you know, Vlad, projects are, you know, when projects hit, they hit hard, you ramp up, you do a lot of work. And the hard part when you're a small integrator or a small consultant is the fact that, okay, I may be spending all of my time working on just one thing as, and if I'm working on this project 60 hours a week, I'm probably not looking for the next project. And that I find is an issue of most integrators until you've got, until you can afford to have like a sales guy or a couple of sales guys to bring people in, but you're probably not bringing a salesperson in as your, your yeah. first or second person um, as an integrator. Right. And, and I so think that's those. Uh, I'm go sorry, ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Uh, sorry. I was going to, Oh no. Sorry for interrupting. I, I wanted to squeeze in a question that we got on YouTube that I think is very relevant and both, I guess, like, for me to get that knowledge again. So uh, Chris Farrell says, I just started a company. Our focus is panels and enclosures. So they're essentially an electrical designer. We are wanting to support small automation firms build their PLC. Um, I'm guessing he means cabinets. Any tips on targeting those companies? So I think to your point, you know, the prospecting aspect and the sale aspect is extremely challenging when, um, when any of us are getting started. So maybe you could also give us some tips on how that has been for you and what you would recommend to uh, to Chris and myself even. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sorry. So, so I had a cut out there. So the question was, Chris has just started a company. Uh, congratulations, Chris. I, I would hope that this is, a, is, this is a timely stream. And the question is like, what, what does the sales process look like and how does he continue to, to get sales? Like any tips, I guess, on targeting companies for which uh, they're looking to provide their services to? Yeah, completely. So generally speaking, when you start a company, hopefully you have a or a couple of clients that you, you're planning to do work with. Um, and so ideally, that will give you some amount of runway. Um, when you look to start a company and it's a smaller company, as I've told Vlad, as I tell everyone, I would suggest, you know, being specific in your niche, you know, instead of being the guy that can do everything, like I can program all of your PLCs, I can program all of your SCADAs and all of your HMIs, and I can build whatever you want, pick something that you're very good at, pick something that you're very passionate about and focus and target on that. And Vlad's probably laughing because this is the exact same thing I told him like three weeks ago when we had this conversation. But if you pick something that you're good at, then the conversation becomes, you know, hey, do you need PLC programming or do you want to update some of the HMIs that you have, um, maybe with some of the software, maybe a newer piece of hardware. And then from that point, it's a specific question as opposed to going on knocking doors and saying, hey, do you need any sort of automation service that can be provided? When you ask the, hey, do you need any sort of automation service that can be provided? It becomes, uh, I don't know what automation services are. And unless they've just specifically just had that conversation of, yes, I need this thing, they're probably not going to think about it. So be specific in your targets and be specific in your asks. Yeah, we have a, a comment on LinkedIn from Brent, and I think uh, that's an important resource for Chris. So there's going to be, if you're trying to do work for companies that will ultimately need panels, a good resource is to look at the integrator list. Uh, so one example that Brent gave is inductive automation, right? So you can go and look at that list. I'm actually going to copy this link and post it on uh on YouTube where we got the question from Chris, but ultimately there's going to be a list of different integrators for all sorts of uh, PLC and OEM platforms. And you can probably, if that's who you're targeting, find a very specific, um, or I guess starting point of people to contact, if that makes sense. Dave, are you back? We're having some yep. uh, trouble with your internet connection. Are you out of Texas or? No, no, I, I don't know. I don't think it's my internet connection. I think it's my Zoom. Um, 
it uh I, I don't know what's going on i apologize for that guys and just to uh, to add to what vlad was saying you can search via geography um in there on the uh, on the integrator portal for uh, for inductive automation mm -hmm. um i want to get back i guess to your goals so you talked a lot about um diversification um i guess mm -hmm. how are you like i know we mentioned at least one of those things, which is going to be finding resources that's becoming like a big area. Is that kind of what you mean by diversification? Is there any other areas that you're looking into? Is it like based on services? Like how do you, and I guess, how do you also figure out which area to diversify into or what's your process on that side? We're losing you, Dave. I don't know if you heard the, the remainder of my question in there. Okay, Vlad, I'm back. Are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you. I don't know. Maybe I didn't update my uh, my most recent Zoom. I apologize to, uh, to everyone. Oh, good. Uh, but no, so kind of, so, so diversification for me looks a couple of ways. First, you know, in addition to just some of the larger projects, I'm offering, you know, uh, this end of last year and into this year, uh, some, some road mapping. So as opposed to people that know exactly what they're looking for, it's a, I would like to be able to go out and help them literally roadmap what their solutions are going to be. And so for me, that's starting with projects sooner um, and that's allowing everyone to get some amount of comfortability and be able to have the conversation as what does this return on investment look like? As we talked about in the very beginning, I wanna do projects that pay for themselves. So being able to start from the beginning and say, hey, phase one is X, Y, and Z things, we should be able to pay for ourselves based on savings in you know three months or six months. And so that, that has been going um, fairly well. And then uh, kind of that leads into to more of the project work. And the second part of that, as, as we've alluded to a little bit, is I'm working on a company called Indusle. Um, and as part of that is it's a combination kind of recruiting and staffing um, or contract opportunities as, as well as project work. Um, and the goal of that, and you guys will see more of that as, as we roll out in the coming weeks, is to be able to kind of answer the questions that I get all of the time of, hey, Dave, I'm looking for a job, or hey, Dave, I'm looking for someone that does X, Y, and Z things, and be able to spend some more time kind of putting together uh, all of those lists, kind of figuring out who fits best in what project, and uh, as I told Vlad, kind of doing or doing a lot of that work up front to make sure I'm not putting anyone on a bad project. Um, and I'm sure everyone that's been on not good projects uh, knows what those mean. So, so being able to do some of those and then put together um, teams of people uh, whose skill sets best fit those projects as we go through the process of doing some of these projects, which may or may not include, you know, a road mapping service and, and other things like that. And while I'm excited to talk about this, I feel like I could talk about it for hours. I, I have talked about it for hours already today and or uh, and or um, earlier this week. So that is very exciting. And that for me is something that has been, you know, four to six months in the making and is something that goes as how do I bring in how do I bring in partners? And so Jordan Humphreys, who may or may not be in the chat, um, he and I and a third partner um, are working on this. And this is going to uh, to be a major focus for me as uh, as we move forward. And what I found, and I know what Jordan has found, because he started a company approximately the same time, is that you can only do so much work as one person if you can bring in some other partners who have the same beliefs and values that you do. You can have you know an exponential multiplier of those mm -hmm. opportunities, and that is very much part of this is how can we find other people who have the same beliefs and values that we do in order to continue to provide good opportunities and as a whole better serve the community yeah and i'm i'm really curious what um you guys will come up with when it comes to um you know the staffing industry because it has been i guess tough at times for me both on the job seeker end but also on the recruiting side it's it's very difficult i find 
to find qualified individuals that, uh, as you probably know, you have to screen, you have to fully understand, and then you only get to speak with them, you know, half an hour to maybe a few hours about um, what they're looking to do. And it's just, it's been very difficult to find people, especially for whatever reason in controls, because I think a lot of Mm -hmm. the very talented individuals are already taken. And then, you know, like on the other spectrum, you know, they're maybe not willing to move or they're locked in. And it's, it's been very, very hard. And I think it, it doesn't help that a lot of these manufacturing plants are very re- in remote areas. So it's, it's difficult to get mm-hmm. people to um, kind of align with the job. So it's, it's been a challenge. On both sides. So um, I, I will, I will make a couple of points, you know, one, I think with the advent of remote work, if you don't have to physically be at the plant all the time, that's going to be a big boon. And two, I would say a lot of the top tier talent doesn't necessarily come on the market. They may talk right. to a recruiter or they may talk to a couple of people, but you're, you're going to see that they're working for one company. And then at some point they're they're working for someone else. And most people don't know that uh, that, that they are on the market. And so Jordan and I have talked at length and on video about the value of having good recruiters in your mm-hmm. um, in your network. And as to if it's, you know, Jordan, as to if it's some of the other people in the network who are all absolutely fantastic, you know, if you're mid to, you know, top tier as to where you are in your career after you've had that uh, some amount of experience, I would certainly suggest having at least one good recruiter in your network because they're going to be able to match you with jobs. And yeah. uh, as I've grown in my career, yeah, that's certainly something that I have used more and felt like that has been a benefit to me. Um, and then, you know, finding good, again, fi- finding good people. We have a bunch of goals of like a phase one and beyond phases. But again, I don't want to bogart this. Um, we have some rollout that we're doing. And as we are rolling that out, I promise to keep everyone who is who is listening on the stream um, up to date, if you don't know about it already, because I, I know Jordan has been very excited as have I, and we've been talking to a lot of people about it. And I feel like uh, if we don't toss it out there on this today, at some point it'll be six months from now and everyone will be like, well, why hasn't Dave talked about this, uh, this on stream? But no, and, and so that, that has been a big part of what I wanted to do. Um, re diversification, um, a couple of other things, that I wanted to do, uh, I kind of fill it under this bucket of, of collaboration is kind of find a way to create more better content. And that it literally brings manufacturing hub uh, with Vlad and I into this is Vlad and I have had the conversation starting at the end of last year is how do we find a way to bring and engage interesting items to the community and we kind of kicked it off maybe at the end of last year uh, of this. And I think it's gone really well. Um, I've got uh, some other content goals in mind. You know, I want to talk more about the technical stuff, which as Vlad mentioned, I I have certainly done. And I've got a whole list of other blogs that one need to go up and two need to get written uh, for that. And so it's been, it's been exciting. Um, That has worked, uh, worked very well for me. I, I I think I've just kind of talked through that the last 20 minutes, Vlad. Do you have uh, do, do you have like a, a list of goals or things that uh, that you're planning to do? Um, to be honest with you, my list of goals has been very fluid. I've always been the you know like approach and then try and execute and then like see how things pan out type of a person. And I think that has you know played out in my favor at least for several ventures that I've done and several directions that I've taken because. Um, as I had spoken to, you know, like my business partner on Solus PLC is that I usually try and implement something really quick, test it out, see how it works. And then if it doesn't work, then I kind of quickly abandon it and move on to something else. And I, I think um, that's how I've been able to kind of not necessarily pivot, but test ideas really quickly. Right. But uh, I guess like one important thing has been uh, content. And I think what um, I've realized while I was building Solus PLC is that I cannot call myself necessarily an expert in everything, you know, like that, again, like we talked a little bit about that too, but there's so many platforms that I think people are interested in learning. And one of the goals is to find uh, people who would be able to present some of those subjects in a very 
um, I guess, concise and intelligent manner and delivered that through uh, Solus PLC. And of course, we would pay them accordingly. But ultimately, I want to maintain a certain level of quality, a certain level of engagement, and make sure that those individuals are paid uh, you know, for their time and their effort and mm-hmm. whatever that structure may be. I haven't fully figured it out, but I am trying to find people that would write for us, that would produce videos for us. And I think that's really the next step for Solus PLC. And in terms of the uh, systems integration slash consulting, I've actually, I built up a website already for that. I don't know if I ever sent you the link, but it's joltech.com. The name, just random name, I guess. I I really love these kind of like non-descriptive names that can be used on anything. Mm -hmm. But uh, the goals there is to, I think really to find the first client. So as I had mentioned to you, I definitely have a lot of connections and people that I've worked with that would be more than willing to kind of give me some of the work, but I cannot necessarily, uh, you, go, you know, engage all of the previous clients that I, I got through my previous employer just out of respect for, you know, what they've done and uh, people that they've put in front of me. And so what I'll be doing is pretty much trying to figure out the first project. Obviously, I would love for it to be something extremely meaningful because at the end of the day, what I found the most interesting for me is to work on really complex problems, right? Whether that is technical, whether that is people. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm, I'm the guy who programs PLCs during the days, or at least that's what I've been doing the last like seven years. Then I get home and then I program PLCs at home and try and figure out like different different things and you know like learn different things so i i enjoy the the challenge you know what i mean i i just i wouldn't see myself doing the extreme paperwork that i know some of the places require and so i would try to abstract myself from some of that but the more complex the better and of course i'm willing to uh, to prove myself and you know make sure that people understand what um you know what i'm able to bring before moving on to something bigger but that's uh, that's kind of the next steps for joltech so to speak no no that, that's fantastic um i will i don't think you sent me the link i will i will have to take a look at it i think when i tried to spell joltech um i spelled it incorrectly the first time i googled and i uh, got, got some really interesting uh got some really interesting things um but no so i i, I like what you're saying kind of all around um, I guess I do have one other piece of advice that I read on LinkedIn. Um, it's something that I do, but I think it was very meaningful. Uh, James Dean had kind of posted something to the effect of when you talk to someone, ask them how you can help. And mm-hmm. you'll be amazed how many opportunities that you can find yourself in if you just ask the simple question, how can I help you? Or how can I, I help remember you solve that this post. problem? Yep. Yeah, no, it, was, it was a good post. James, uh, fan- everything that he posts is... I feel is much more meaningful than the things I post. No, everything he posts is absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I really liked that. That one, that one kind of hit home, and it's certainly something that I at least try to do with uh, w- with all of the interactions that I have, or or find a way to offer some help, whether uh, whether there's you know compensation um, or, or not, because th- there are things that are more important and, and, you know, helping people sometimes and much of the time is more important than, you know, where the commercialization comes in. But as you're looking for new customers, ask them how you can help. Um, Even as you're going and doing work for a client, you should continue to ask those things because they may think of you as the PLC guy, but they may not think of you as the guy that can, you know, do HMIs or Vlad, you know, maybe you're, you're coming in and you're offering some consultation on an MES and you see that you know they have some issues at the PLC level, you should ask them about that because more than once have I run across people in that exact same situation that were like, man, I really wish that you or I knew your company did that because we're having struggles. The project is held up on PLC programming. Had I known you done that, known that you do that, I would not go have gone out to hire another third party integrator to do that PLC work. So just be aware that while you know everything you can do and while you're sure you've told this person or handed them a line card and they know everything that you can do, they probably don't realize it. And so you should continue to have those conversations with people. Yeah, I think that's uh, very good advice. And I guess that's um, what my hopes are with this uh, Joltech portal. I, I put the link in uh, in the LinkedIn chat, but ultimately it's going to be a way to kind of showcase, you know, some of the skills that I'm able to provide or services that I'm able to provide. 
And uh, I'll expand it a little bit more similarly to what you've done with, uh, you know, how you've shared your knowledge and kind of make sure that I redirect people. But obviously, as those conversations come up, I'll have to be ready to kind of give them maybe a, some kind of a pitch, you know, of what else I can do for them. But to get back to, um, you know, the point by James, I think that's extremely valuable. And I'm uh, looking to do that outreach actually like pretty shortly, right? Like from this point on, mm -hmm. because I will be looking for these projects in the next uh, couple of months. So, you know, just reaching out and figuring out what people need and hopefully aligning on something that is obviously beneficial for them, but that's very interesting and kind of exciting for me as well. No, no, that, that's good. That's good. And, and I guess uh, kind of as we are almost coming to a, a natural close on time and other things, I will say it certainly feels like the industrial automation, uh, the manufacturing market is very busy. Most of the people I know are, uh, you know, good, medium to large uh, systems integration companies are busy. It feels like a lot of people have, you know, started that hiring process again in the last couple of months. And I know that it seems like there are people who are still getting hit with some COVID layoffs or some potential COVID layoffs, but it feels, and especially out in Texas, there are still a lot of oil and gas folks that I know who haven't figured out what that next thing is. But it, mm -hmm. it feels like the market is picking up. Um, I've seen Chris Lukey, Kurt Anderson, a couple of other people post how uh, the automation index um, just continues to rise and all of these things just continue to rise. So it, it feels like it should be good. It feels like there should be opportunity for people to deliver good projects. Um, either now or, or certainly in the coming weeks and months, because there will be a lot of projects that need to be delivered. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm very positive on the manufacturing space and I think it's only going to continue to grow. It's just, you know, a matter of time and a matter of uh, figuring out the, the right partnership to make it, uh, to make it worthwhile. Because at the end of the day, I think it's extremely important to align uh, I guess the needs of the other party with what you're able to provide. And I think that's where the challenge is going to come from. Uh, Dave, actually, Dave Hellier from uh, Tatsoft asked you if you're still in Chicago and he mentioned that he swamped over here. I think they're really up and coming and they launched their new uh, platform, right? That has been, I think, mm -hmm. um, I, I guess yep. I don't want to speak for, you know, Dave, but I think it was a very, big success and i think they're bringing a lot of the trainings that they were somewhat lacking and i i'm actually like i've downloaded their software i haven't had uh, that much time with it yet but i've heard really good uh, reviews for many of the people that i see uh, or i guess take in high regard in uh, in the manufacturing industry so i think certainly yeah. something to uh, look at I'll, I'll put a link in yeah and so uh, i yeah i've heard nothing but good uh reviews i think factory work x is uh is is the new release and what we're calling frameworks um, the, the frameworks. newest frameworks x I, I apologize dave uh to answer your other questions no i'm not currently in chicago i'm currently outside of san antonio texas um but i probably won't be the next time you see it uh the next time you see me on stream i think as we head back east um spring or summer I'm, it's my hope to uh, to make a stop in Chicago. There are a lot of people, including you, who uh, who I owe uh, meetings or coffees or, or lunches with. So hopefully I will be able to do that. I would certainly like to uh, to catch up with you guys in person. Um, if and when in person things uh, come back, that would uh, that would be nice. All right, Dave, do you want to wrap this up? I know that we still have uh, a couple of questions coming in and a few comments from Dave correcting you on the spelling. Of I, I apologize, the, Dave. But I, I apologize. I, I will put out a, a, a correction on uh, via LinkedIn post later uh, when I apologize for uh, for uh, getting the, uh, the, the name incorrect. Yeah, but I, I do want to, um, I guess, maybe close this off to an extent mm -hmm. by mentioning that we have a very cool episode coming up mm -hmm. with uh, Preston, who is mm -hmm. the, um, a he's a founder of a small systems integrator, and I've been following him and I think connected with him two to three years ago, but uh, he's grown tremendously by, based on the post. They got a new HQ built up. He's got oh, yeah. uh, a lot of different projects that uh, he's working in. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm really hoping that he can provide us with some, you know, specific insight on how to get something like that off the ground. Uh, because 
I think that's where I'm at least trying to uh, to head into. But uh, he's done a lot of the very cool things. Besides that, he's given uh, he's given out a PLC. I believe it was one to two months ago, a Siemens PLC. So he's doing a lot of really cool things for the community. And I think it's going to be really cool to speak with him, ask some questions, and then, uh, you know, figure out kind of what he is looking forward to in the next couple of years as he grows his company. Completely, completely. So uh, Preston Hadley from Envision, um, it will be on March 17th. We're taking a week off. So we will be back on March 17th. Uh, six o'clock East Coast time, five o'clock Central time, I think 3 p.m. Pacific. Uh, so we will be back um, on the 17th there. Uh, what we haven't mentioned is mostly Vlad has put together a, a website for the show. So we've got manufacturinghub.live. If you guys would like to, uh, to check us out there, um, it should have all of that information as we have guests and other things. Uh, we will continue to, uh, to put that online um, and live. I appreciate everyone that uh, that has reached out with all of their love and support for this. Um, everyone that has reached out um, to ask it to ask if we need guests. Uh, thank you guys all. Please feel free to continue to send those. Vlad and I have a Google Doc sheet that is uh, is expanding by seemingly the minute um, as I go and put on there. So we certainly have a lot of good shows coming up. We want to put some of these shows where we talk about where we're at, um, where we talk about the market, but we also want to make sure that we bring on interesting guests to talk about what they're doing um, and their journeys along the way. Um, yeah, I, I think awesome. that's uh, that's good. Uh, do you have anything up, uh, anything else before I ask people to uh, to like, comment, subscribe, and uh, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts again? Oh, go right ahead, Dave. Okay. Well, perfect. Thank you guys all for, for listening to, uh, to Vlad and I hopefully not ramble on too much. Uh, talk about our business. Hopefully it was valuable to, uh, to all of you. Uh, one more time as we are like semi-professional streamers slash podcasters at the moment, please hit that thumbs up. Uh, please comment, you know, about my beard, about the PLCs that Vlad has behind him. Hit the subscribe button, connect with us on LinkedIn, um, like the manufacturing uh, hub with Dave and Vlad. Uh, yeah, like the uh, like the page on LinkedIn and we'll see you guys on the Internet. It looks like somebody's clicking a lot of likes on the LinkedIn page. Oh, that's pretty cool. You can like spam them. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next time. Awesome. Sounds good. See you guys. Bye bye. And we are off. Sweet. Awesome. I think that went well.